Hi, this is Randy Randall of No Age and host of the podcast Hyphen It with Randy Randall. I want to welcome our newest sponsor of the show, DistroKid. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms and artists keep 100% of their royalties. Hyphenate listeners get 30% off at distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash hyphenate. Again, that's distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash H-Y-P-H-E-N-A-T-E. Go get your music streaming everywhere now. Aaron Farley, how you doing, my friend? Happy New Year. Good, Randy. How are you? <laughs> Good. Happy New Year. Coming in hot. I know. January. A lot of uh, intensity. I'm feeling a lot of intensity in my voice. Intense <laughs> January feelings. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm steaming my glasses up. I get to my glasses off. I'm starting to oh, fog yeah. up. It's too hot down there. Yeah. Too hot. <laughs> yeah. Down yeah. How was, flat, how, was your, um, how was your break? Yeah, it was, it was good. We, um, uh, we went out of town for a couple of days, but mostly we stayed up in the mountains nice. and, um, yeah, our daughter has, she's on the soccer team for the high school and they have, uh, practice every day during break. Oh so we kind of had to stick around That is to serious. practice eight to 10 every day. Yeah. So kind of leaves us here, but it's good. We got our first snow couple days ago and so it finally kind of feels like winter up here but that's that's nice we don't get that down here know, in la no. it's it's so you know it's i think it got you down guys, to 50 degrees we were getting, <laughs> put a fire in the fireplace yeah you guys get to see a little bit of the uh you get to see the snow on the mountaintops and that's how you know right yeah, it's far away. Going <laughs> we tried last year. We tried getting up. Um, we had we had snow pretty low in the foothills. Yeah, and uh, we tried going up there, but they just closed off all the roads because yeah, nobody's nobody's impossible. ready for it. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're like it's just it's just closed. Don't we don't want a bunch of yahoos sliding around off the yeah. off the little foothill mountains here? <laughs> so. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing is that because there's such I don't know such little snow that or it happens so infrequently that they don't have a place for people to go. So you're outside of a city that has 7 million people or whatever. Oh my God. Yeah. And there's four roads total to get to snow and they haven't figured like, you know, we should do like a snow play area up off the two somewhere and make a big parking lot. And that's just the spot. And, uh, because it's, you know, I don't know that because that happens with us up here is that, that you go to go skiing or something and then it takes two hours because there's so many people on the roads that are pulled over on the side. Oh, right. And like making snowmen or whatever. And I'm like, you're on a highway. <laughs> It'd be like, you, we just pulled over off the side of like, the freeway. You're get like, let's play. Like, let's let's ride our like, sleds into the freeway. Oh yeah. my God. Or just walking across the road. Like there's no cars and they're walking. I'm like, this is just a 55 mile an hour freeway. This is not like a oh, that's sledding road. <laughs> and so then like we, we cause laugh. we're, when we're not, um, cause we're only like 30 minutes, 35 minutes from the, from snow Valley. And, but, um, 
but yeah, when there's, when there's, tra- and it's not just traffic from people going up, it's literally people stopping on, in the pullout areas, like the emergency areas. And, um, and, and then just packing up on the side of the road and, and then they just leave their sleds there too. So that it's just trash. There's just <laughs> trash everywhere. It's like broken sleds and it, and it's just like garbage. People just like open up their cars, do a whole barbecue, the sleds, and then they just leave everything. Oh, I shouldn't laugh. I just, I just think, I think, you know, it's an interesting topic. You know, I almost feel like there could be a very like uh, in-depth sort of, you know, LA Times sort of article or something about this. But yeah. what is, what is the Southern California relationship with snow? Like, what do we, yeah. what do we do well? What do we not do well with snow? Cause yeah. it's, we don't it's do more anything or less, well. it's more or less, you're all sure. There's too many people, right? But, but it's that feeling of like, it's, it's more or less an anomaly in Southern California. However, it happens every year. And that was, that's always yeah. the, you know, one the kind of the cheesy cliche selling points is you could go surfing in the morning and snowboarding at night. Or vice yeah. versa, whatever you know. Yeah, but, you know that California, Southern California, specifically Los Angeles, has this kind of like, you know, desert, beach, snow, mountains. You know, there's yeah. so many t- topographies and environments all within a two-hour drive. But and it's like two little dinky really, roads, or that three actually, that service the snow yeah. zones. Yeah, I mean, especially by would... by you guys, because the two is the only one going up, and it's like a little two-lane road. Oh yeah. And they then, redid it a couple of years back. You know, they paid yeah. it, which was nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've done it. Flood channels. I think they're worried about more flooding than yeah. drivers. Well, and, and we went up there a couple times when the kids were little and and go around on the, you know, with the sleds and and everything like that. And it's fine. But then, um, yeah, it just gets, it's just, there's too many people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not enough roads. I wonder, yeah. Well, you think somebody would make a killing, you know, if it's some kind of like a Disneyland type of thing or some, you know, I guess they've had it throughout the years, Santa's yeah. Village or, you know, the different Mountain High and different. Yeah. You know, I mean, they have some places. stuff up here, but it's just it, the, the, the mountains aren't the problem, like the snowboarding and all of that. That's somewhat easy to, you know, they have that figured out. It's the people that want to go sledding. Mm-hmm. Or just want to like, hey, we want to go play in the snow for a couple hours and show the kids snow. There's right. nothing. There's not a formalized <laughs> sort of let's. This is the play in the snow area. Everybody, yeah. go pull over here. So it just becomes like, the wild west of of trying to find like a tiny little patch of snow to roll around in for an hour <laughs> and, and not, not get hit get, by cars or plows. Yeah, not get hit by cars. That's that's wild. Somewhere to dump your garbage, also. Right. Yeah. 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 Dump your garbage, (laughs) roll around in the snow. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of how how I was raised as a local Southern California person. We we'd put on two pairs of jeans and uh, and a sweatshirt, and then go Mm -hmm. roll around in the snow, and you know, try not to hit rocks. Yeah. Mostly, you you just bounce off of rocks and, and trees and stumps you don't see. (laughs) Because <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing, and then someone's hurt and bleeding, yeah. and then you um, and then you come down the mountain and have hot <laughs> yeah. cocoa. <laughs> That's yeah, it. Uh, and it's I've I've never seen people sled on smaller amounts of snow. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Yay! Ow! Yeah. Hey! Yeah. Ow! <laughs> it's like slippery hard dirt. Yeah, it's mostly mud. With yeah. a little bit of a little bit of ice mixed yeah. in there, just enough things that'll cut you. Rocks yeah, and sharp right. ice. Yeah. <laughs> that's mostly what I remember. Yeah, being very sore. Like you'd go on your butt, and then you'd you'd roll over a big rock, and then your 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 butt hurts, or your knees, and you fall yeah. forward, and your hands and face are all cut up. 
Yeah, more drive uh, and more tradition. driving than sledding. Oh yeah, always. Well, that's just that's that's the part for the course for any yeah. Los Angeles experiences. Whatever you do, drive for two hours, and you're there for two hours, and drive for another two hours. Yeah, it's a six that's hour. Easy. Yeah, just get used to it. <laughs> I never. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a funny thing. You know, I think that's a lot of where that first. Um, uh, Soundfield record sort of came from was that you know, right. sort of meditating on the transportation or just being stuck in a car driving from the desert to the to the beach and back because it was just such a uh, common occurrence as a as a <clears throat> as a young person growing up out in the Inland Empire it was just that's all we did every weekend we'd drive to the beach again it would yeah. take the two hours or whatever you know whatever it was or wherever you are going to the city for some kind of cultural event some kind of arts or something you know live music but again just always driving. Always yeah. I have so I have no negative. Shannon, and my wife, who grew up in in San Francisco area, stresses her out when there's more than one freeway. Like she could be on one freeway for for a long time, and that's fine. But as soon yeah. as she has to start changing freeways, it just, <laughs> just, just she's like, I can't deal with this. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Spokane, so it's like you. Yeah. We had one freeway, and you only went like you would get on it for I don't know a mile. Right. Mile and a half <laughs> at, the, at the most, and it was slightly faster than just taking Sprague. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you got to go to Coeur d'Alene, that's your big, the yeah. big outing. Like if you had to, if you had to be in the car for a half an hour, you are almost leaving the state. Yeah. Pretty Insane. Much. But I guess it's the same way, you know, if you know, folks growing up in like England, it's always that thing of like, oh my God, like, you know, when, when we tour in England, it's like, but yeah, that, but that the next town's so far away. It's like, you know, two hours, three hours away. And yeah. it's like, that's the morning commute. That's yeah. <laughs> we, we would drive that every day from London to, uh, to Bristol every day. Yeah. That's just how people would do it until I got before you not even blink. You get your coffee and podcast. Or yeah. No, I know. I think of that too, that even, cause a lot of times I'm shooting down in, um, like Joshua tree or I may come into LA every once in a while, but if it's less than two hours, I'm like, Oh, it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, easy. That's just hour going 40, to the supermarket. Hour yeah. 40. I won't even feel it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I know. I know. So funny. But, but, oh, yeah. But I was just thinking too, like, if, you know, but if we grew up, you know, talk to somebody who grew up in New York, you know, yeah. like you'd have to get on this train to that train to this train. I think, you know, like I could figure it out if I was there, but I, yeah. I, I would, I would, wouldn't do it comfortably. I'd be, every time I, every time I switched a train or got a stop was coming up, like, is this it? It was my yeah. place. Oh my God. Wait, we're going to, where am I now? I got off the wrong place. Yeah, I'm the guy standing as close to the map as possible. Yeah, yeah. Try not to look like you want to get mugged, but just yeah. kind of like also studying intently. Like, uh... yeah. Reading my book of how not to get mugged on the train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ten steps to not to not. This look, is the way. To First, not look like a newbie. Yeah. yeah. Bring this bring this giant ass book with you. <laughs> Hide behind it. No one will notice you. How to take down a mugger in 10 steps. (laughs) Hit them with this giant ass book. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This book is also the the front cover is made out of iron or titanium. It can also be used for defensive purposes. Yeah. Oh my God. I've never gotten mugged on a train. I've gotten mugged on a street. Have you really? Yeah. Right off Melrose. I never told you this story. No. Have, well, okay. Uh, have you been mugged? Do you have a good I've never been mugged. No. Oh, okay. So I got mugged. Um, it was 1999. I was about to move out of the house. I, I had a friend that lived on, on Melrose in La Brea, an yeah. older friend, uh, my older brother's friend. And I was going to move in with him. It was already set. I was going to go start college in, in whatever, that August. Mm-hmm. And this is maybe May. 
I'm a, so I'm a senior in high school and I'm going to graduate. I got senior prom coming up, you know, kind of the end of my school, but I already knew of friends, you know, and I had, you know, older brother figure friend that I was going to move in with. So I would drive out to LA a lot to go see music or go just, you know, to do things again, you know, now I'm in high school, I have my own, you know, my own car and, uh, and you know, whatever. So, so I would, I was, I was out there. We walked down to Melrose, we got a good piece of pizza and we're just walking back. And to me, they're just, I'm just feeling so excited. Like I'm in LA, yeah. I'm going to live here soon. I was just nothing but anticipation yeah. bubbling over. Just so excited. They've got prom coming up. Look at me on the top of the top of the world. Just, just turned 18 driving around, hanging out on Melrose. Yeah. And then, uh, and so we're walking back to the pizza place and there's three dudes, you know, there's uh, and I'm kind of in the middle. You're just, we're not really saying much. Probably going to go back and play some music or do something. Uh, and then, um, so I'm walking and we're right, we're literally on the street where the house is on Fuller and like, you know, Willoughby, wherever they're right there. And then, uh, I just, all I hear is from behind me, uh, I thought there was like a homeless guy walking or somebody just walking on the street. Yeah. It didn't seem that unusual, but then I, you know, kind of catch with the corner of my eye, but then I hear, I want to see three wallets right now. And I turn around and just see this giant, like dirty, hairy looking gun. I don't know. In my mind, oh, that's wow. how I remember it. Just like the barrel of the gun looked yeah. as big as like a trash can in front of my face. I was like, yeah. Oh God. And so without thinking, I just <laughs> grabbed my wallet out of my pants. But it, <laughs> the thing was, I was, you know, I was kind of a precocious kid. You know, we were all kind of yeah. punk and weird and funny. I had a, a, a children's plastic Mickey mouse wallet. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, it was the nineties. It's kind of ironic. So it was like a plastic Minnie Mouse, Mickey Mouse wallet. And I I all had was, you know, my, my driver's license, which I've only had for a year or two. And then I think one credit card my dad gave me for emergencies. Yeah. And then, um, then whatever the 60 bucks in cash that I needed to buy my prom tickets with the next, that, that whatever the next day, so maybe I'm hanging out on a Wednesday and then Thursday I was going to buy prom tickets. So I had 60 bucks. You've had money in your wallet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At that age. Yeah. Like I can't believe I got so much of all the money I've had, all the money I have in the world, 60 bucks cash, three, three twenties. And then, uh, and that's it. My dumb little plastic wallet. (laughs) And so I remember I just like gave it to the guy and my other friend gave him one, but the one that was in front, he took off, he started booking it. And I'm just kind of standing there and like, it's just literally like slow motion. Everything is like yeah. just happening like in syrup. And, uh, <clears throat> and so I'm just kind of watching the guy and the gun and the guy and the gun. And I see my other friend running and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And then eventually the guy just says, uh, get out of here. And so we run towards, uh, towards the house and he runs the other way. Thank goodness he didn't follow us to the house or whatever, you know, but, but the guy yeah. I just remember he had like a black beanie and a big black beard kind of, you know, just, around his face yeah. and all black clothes on. And so that was, that was, and then we just, and then, so my, the, my, me and the other buddy who were walking, we, we ran and then, and then we kind of were like, what the fuck, why'd you run? The guy had a gun. Like, and, he's, and he said he, he was the guy that lived at the house and he had all of his rent money. So we had a couple yeah. hundred bucks and whatever. So he's like, I couldn't, I couldn't lose it. I couldn't pay rent. Yeah. If I got mugged and he is far enough away. He's like, fuck it. I could run. <laughs> and like in that situation, is that person really going to, shoot you for running you know what i mean right? like yeah in, yeah. in, in, in hindsight in hindsight it's right? yeah. probably like yeah that's scary it was insane i had a gun pointed at me oh my god but oh so so but then there's a there's a prologue to it okay. or, or was that right or after log i don't know what kind of log yeah, prologue comes before uh anyway the uh the so afterwards 
Um, so we go and then I'm just like freaked out. I'm like, well, I'm certainly not going to tell my parents. Like that's, yeah. they're not going to let me move out. Like, yeah. you know, like I had some kind of say in it that, or they had to say in it at that point. But so I was like, okay, well, this is, I just, it's fine. We just, this just happened. Never going to talk about it again. And then, um, and then my buddy, the one who also got his wallet stolen, like the next day he gets a phone call from somebody and who found a pile of wallets on their lawn. And, and so there's going through for some, somehow my, my buddy had his phone number in there. We didn't, there's no yeah. cell phones, but, but he had his, somehow there was something identifying him and he had a phone number in there. So, um, so this guy who probably found like 20 wallets on his lawn the next morning, he goes out to check his mail. The world. What's this pile yeah. of wallets doing here? The guy must've dumped them. And so this person just is trying to call people to identify the wallet. So my buddy went down, picked up his wallet and my wallet. So I got my ID back. Oh, he didn't take your ID. He didn't take my ID, which is great. Oh, that's I amazing. I got my dumb little wallet back. And, and so, but the, but the credit card was gone. The 60 bucks was gone. So I'd, I'd canceled the credit card anyway that night. My, yeah. my buddies knew enough to tell me how to do that. And then, um, and, uh, so then that was, so I was fine. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. That's, that's at least I got my, my license back. And then, and then, you know, a week goes by, maybe a month goes by and I'm still on track. Like somehow I get more money to get the prom tickets, whatever. Life's still going forward. And I come home from school and my mom goes, Son, where were you the the evening of May something something or whatever you know whatever the, the day was? I was like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, Mom. It's like, oh, well, I just got a call from a detective. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh no, <laughs> the detective called that called called the house and uh, and was looking for me. But my dad and I have the same name. He's also Randy Randall. So yeah. the cops were you know Ellie like oh this is LAPD you know detective blah blah blah. I'm looking for Randy Randall. My mom instantly thinks my dad's. In, a, in trouble or dead or, yeah. or did something wrong and she's like a concern and then like wait not that Randy Randall like oh no my son Randy Randall that's even worse they're like double down like why is this cop <laughs> or the LAPD looking for my son now and they explained that I was part of a robbery and everything and she was mad and she's like why didn't you tell me and I was like I don't want you to be scared I don't want this now you're scared yeah. and you're nervous and you're yelling at me I'm yeah. trying to avoid this so anyway they they caught the guy and, uh, and so, but he, he didn't, so, and I had to go down and I do an identity, like on those lineup things, but they just do it on yeah. a piece of paper where they take photos. But it was like, everybody else's photo was like printed on photo paper. And one of them was cut out of a, uh, a Polaroid. Yeah. And so they are like, well, don't, don't let the, uh, don't let the, the quality of the photo, you know, lead you to who the person is. Just, <laughs> just point to the person who, who robbed you. And it's like, yeah. well, it's the, it looks more like the guy is in the Polaroid than anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's how I identified him in a lineup. And then we, he went to trial and now it's like two years later. And so I had to go and testify in court, but it was oh so God. long. So this is awesome. But now I'm like into college. I'm, I have a whole other life going on and I had to remember to yeah. go in and, and I was just nervous too of like, well, how many, like, what is it like to tell, like, was it, you know, are people now are people going to know I'm the guy that put this guy behind bars, yeah. but, but apparently they, they caught him. I remember seeing it on the news. They caught this guy and I think he had like 50 counts of armed robbery against him because oh it was always God. the same MO. He like looked the same, yeah. he said the same things and he would dump the wallets. It was, there was something that was like, they could connect them all together. And, uh, and I remember, oh, so the th he, so the thing on the news, he got caught because he was robbing an old lady, and then the old lady's dog, like the Chihuahua, chased the guy down. So when the cops <laughs> came, they found the Chihuahua, and the Chihuahua had found the guy or something or something. Like, oh, that's amazing! Fucked up thing. Chihuahua's not scared. Chihuahuas don't give a fuck. <laughs>
It was, yeah. it was really, yeah, it was really nuts. But that's, that's well, really how did they time. get your, how did they get your information? The cops? Yeah. It's a good question. I don't know. I don't think maybe we called the police after it happened or my buddy called oh, or okay. somehow, or maybe the guy that found all the wallets called the police. I don't know. There was somehow, somehow I was, put, and, he, oh, and no, he's had list. some, he said what the IDs were in the wallets or something. Maybe. Yeah. There was that guy didn't want to have a pile of people's IDs <laughs> sitting in his house. Yeah. Like, Why didn't you not, call the cops? Yeah. Uh, hmm. Somehow I got, I, didn't, I, I got didn't steal them. Yeah. yeah. It's not me. I didn't do it. Yeah, it wasn't me. Are you sure it wasn't you? You sure? I'd like to talk to you about it. Um, I am sure, but I can see how you wouldn't be sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that was that crazy. was wild. But I ended up moving out to that same place and everything was fine, but I'll always remember that kind of feeling. And then, But just seeing how the court process worked was just felt so fucked up too. But like, what do you remember, you know, tw- from you know your 18-year-old yeah. kid? What do you remember two, from two years ago? Now I'm 20 years old. Yeah. And I was like, I don't remember anything from last week. Like, I'm, Yeah. I'm fried. I don't know what's going on. Like, what, Sir, what, I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> whatever your memories are, are going to put this person away in jail for a long time. And at that yeah. point, the guy looks different. You know, the whole thing, we're in court versus, you know, highly adrenaline-fueled, like, fear moment to then have oh, to recall yeah. that back. And then you kind of wonder, like, am I putting this memory together? Like, I could see how, like, the whole the whole system is is uh, is flawed or can or can be flawed or can be yeah. put against people, you know, but at the same time, I, you know, I had a gun in my face. So that yeah, wasn't, that wasn't cool. I That's not cool. But it's probably jail worthy, jail worthy incident, putting a gun in someone's face. Yeah. But also that like two, it's crazy that it took two years, which means that he was just sitting in jail probably for two years until the trial happened. I think so. I'm sure he's not posting bail or they're not allowing bail for armed robberies. I have no idea, but it's really, yeah, it's one of those things too. Where you just, you hear stories now about, you know, how crazy and lawless California is or this or that. And just like, I don't know, man, the whole thing is, yeah. the whole thing's fucked and it's hard. It's hard to figure out. You know what I mean? I don't think, it's not like there's one, one perfect way to do this thing. It no. seems like if anything is rife with, um, with problems, it's, you know, it'd be like jail, incarceration, policing. Yeah. This whole thing is like, it's, oh, yeah. you know, you, 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 I think I was raised in a very like white middle-class sort of world where it was like, there's the law, the law yeah. helps, you know, it's like a finite thing. It's like a, like, fit, like laws of gravity or something. Yeah. It's just, so, like it's always, works. like it's just always been there. Yeah. And then you don't realize when you grow up in those situations, you're like, oh, the law is act was actually made. So I could be in this situation, in this middle class situation. Like the law is actually made for me, right? But it's not made for a lot of other people. Yeah. And the reason, the reason well, that I'm well, in this situation the- is because the laws are made for my situation, and then these other people, it's made for to keep the other people away from your situation, so you can do better. Right, right. Well, and there's also yeah. the idea of what the a law that might be made or written, and then how it's enforced. You know what I mean, or how it's oh, actually right. enacted, and what you know, what the the actual operations of the day to day kind of going on, which yeah. obviously you know, like these so, laws make sense under the best circumstances. If everybody's living the, in their best circumstances, then yeah, sure. Or on paper, it it, it yeah. sounds it sounds one way to one culture that, and then and then right. you, but then 
in action, it's a very different kind of scenario that's used. This is the, that law is just the blanket for that they need in order to do whatever the fuck they want. It gives them permission yeah. to do X, Y, Z in the field of stuff. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I remember, I mean, I remember hearing some stories, well, t- two different times that when, um, I think I was doing a shoot, a photo shoot down and we were, um, down in Compton and then, and people were just talking about, there, I don't know. Some got brought up, and people were like, "Oh yeah, no, you don't like when you're young from here. You don't drive north of Central or Olympic. You don't drive north of Olympic." Like, what do you mean you don't drive north of Olympic? Well, that's that was the line. I think it was Olympic. That was the line that the police would basically drive up and down Olympic. And if you were driving and you looked quote unquote suspicious, which really meant black or Mexican and you went across Olympic that like straight across, because that's where the nicer, like the nicer neighborhoods start above Mm. Olympic, you get pulled over no matter what. If you had a nice car, you'd get pulled over because you looked like you had too nice of a car. And if you had a crappy car, it would be like, you know, what are you doing here? And they, but it would literally be like, yeah, my uncle got a job up in Culver City or whatever. And well, I'm trying I'm trying to think. Culver City is north of Olympic, right? Sure. Whatever. Ish. Wherever it was. Yeah. It was north of there. And first day going to work, gets pulled over, gets a ticket, blah, 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 blah. What are you doing here? We're gonna we need to search your car. Goes through the whole thing. And he realizes that even though he's like 10 minutes from work. He goes, okay, I have to go all the way up to the 110, go north, all the way around the nice neighborhood, and then come in from the other side so it doesn't look like I'm just driving straight up. Ugh. So like the 15-minute commute yeah. is an hour and a half commute now. <laughs> wow. And they're like, and that's with someone with a car. So it's like. You know, if you're taking the bus, it's like an, an hour. And if you're da, 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 da. And that was, I mean, it wasn't my first time hearing it, but it was my first time like actually being in a situation and everyone's going, oh yeah, everyone knows that. You don't drive, mm. a, you don't go cross Olympic. What are you crazy? And it's like family after family after family after family. Of like, oh, this is like a whole neighborhood that is stuck. And they know, and you know why everyone knows why. Because like a person, a certain group is being, is being, uh, the police is for them. Right. And that, uh, and then the other one was when we were in Altadena and it was during all the, like 2020, all the, um, George Floyd marches and everything and people getting up and talking because Altadena was, was traditionally, um, uh, black neighborhood for years. And people going, oh, my God, yeah, when we grew up here, we used to, like, I'd be walking with my friends in, the, in like, the 80s and 90s, and the police would just pull us over or pull over, search us, put us in the car, drive us up into the woods up above Altadena to, like, the campsites, the drop them off at night and make them walk home. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, no, it happened to me, like, three or four times, I don't know, as a kid. And I was like, oh my, wait, you're talking like this is just normal. And then everyone's like, 
Well, yeah. I mean, everybody knew this is because it's also sheriffs up there. It wasn't LA, um, LAPD. And so the sheriffs just kind of do whatever. And they would just harass just everybody was just, it was hours of people talking about the harassment that they grew up with. It's fucking insane. Wow. I never, uh, I mean, you know, whatever you hear stories, but that's when I realized I'm like, I will never feel like that because I'll never get treated like that because of what I look like. Mm-hmm. Like I could talk back to a cop and they'd be like, come on. Like, well, I remember, I come remember on, when, come on there, pal. Hey buddy. Come on, buddy. Hey buddy. Yeah. I mean, I remember being, going to Mr. T's bowl when I first oh, yeah. moved here in like 2001, which was in Highland park and Highland park wasn't the greatest, you know, most safe neighborhood at that point. And my buddy and I were drinking a beer out in the parking lot. Cops pulled up, but I was 20, I was 24. This is what I was doing when I was 24, 25, <laughs> you know, drinking beers in the sure. parking lot behind the yeah. club. And uh, they pulled up, they're like, you can't drink outside. Come over here, give us your IDs, whatever. I'm like, okay, I'm old enough. And then, so they just made us pour it out. My buddy had a little weed on him. They took it and they just go, you guys shouldn't be in this neighborhood. That was the response. He didn't get arrested. He didn't get anything. We didn't get tickets. We didn't get anything. It's like, you guys are not in a safe neighborhood. Like we come here all the time. This isn't where you should be. Both of us are white. And it's like, oh, uh, okay. And they made us pour our beers out and they left. And I'm like, oh, that's the difference. Yeah, all the, all the other kids there were getting harassed and put in the cross car. I mean, my, yeah. I've I've had friends of mine. I've watched them get put in the back of cop cars because of skating. Yeah, and they're not white kids, and they're in Whittier, so they right. just get harassed. Well, that, that's one of those like clear examples of lines where, like, you know, for you, we're going to warn you to try to keep you safe. Our job is to keep the white yeah. kids safe and to keep yeah. anybody who's not a white kid, you know locked up yeah and they also might not even be thinking that that's what they're doing like some of them you know to be like it just seems like this is not a situation that should be happening and when you're really going like no you're actually being really racist (laughs) like like you don't realize how or maybe you do and you just have content you know most of the time the police don't live in the neighborhoods where they're Sure. Yeah. But it's that thing. It's a macro view versus kind of a daily view, which I can understand, you know, where you just look the big on the, on the wide scale things. It's systematic racism on the day to day things. This is a cop trying to keep people from getting robbed, you know? Yeah. Yes. You know, both again, both can be correct or both can be accurate at the same time. You know, I mean, yeah. there's more, but it's also that feeling too. Like, I think, you know, this is, this is wildly off topic. I mean, we, we, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I said, it, I mean, you know, it'd be fun to talk about Zach's <laughs> thing for a little while, yeah. but, but, um, we'll get there, but it was, this is know, on but, the road to Guar. This was just, yeah. wait, it'll be, it'll all be put together. We, we will get there. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, I don't know. I don't even know where I'm trying to go with it. I just, I just think, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I lost. I lost it. I was. I was gonna go some. Some. You know, just in the sense that it's. It's. Um, 
I don't know. It's, 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 it's the, the daily experiences of somebody, you know, you just, you're never, never really able to know what it is. The thing that made me sound, you know, when you were talking about the police harassment, it almost sounds like the opposite a way of like where I remember being robbed, you know, by a criminal. And it's like, but imagine as afraid as I was of the criminal, like you'd be afraid of the police in the same sort of way. You know, just, yeah. Hold on yeah. one second. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Wow. This was uh this is really enlightening, uh, topic. I don't know. I always get nervous. I think in these situations where I just feel like I would just say I get nervous in these situations where I feel like, am I smart enough to talk about this stuff? Am I like? <laughs> I, mean, I can talk from a daily experience. Your... I can regurgitate talking points that I've heard other smarter people say and try to yes. pawn it off like it's coming from my point of view. But it's it definitely I mean, there's that. I think there's that feeling. There's more of an emotional response that I can screen. I can kind totally. of speak from an emotional response of like that makes me feel sick. That makes me feel horrified. That, you know, I mean, just types of the systematic racism, and then to know that you know that you're by proxy. In, or not even by proxy, but you were you were uh, you know just benefic- benefiting from it, you know as yeah. as a as a middle class white person that it's just yeah that's he's like yeah this is all set up for you buddy and you're like I don't want I mean, this to be set up I never asked for this I'm like yeah <laughs> but that's not how it works you're you're gonna benefit from it anyway and that's just kind of how life works in general like and you go yeah. back and you look through all the different times in your life and bad decisions mistakes you made as a young person and you realize oh if I was a different race or born in a different yeah. part of the country or city and a different person that those those are the mistakes that would just ruin my life yeah forever. well and and not even looking at it like like oh i feel bad because i benefited but more also of like look how like what other people don't get the benefits of the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. you know to where sure. it's like one or two things that do happen or that you get let off and you're like, well, of course I was a kid. Like, just like everybody else is a kid. They should be like, there should be a lot of benefit of the doubt when you're growing up. I mean, especially yeah. now, like now I'm going through, you know, teaching and, and seeing what kids go through in classes in middle school and like the different family dynamics that everybody is like, I'm like, there's so many kids where I'm like, I can't even believe you're showing up to school. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. all, when you hear all the stuff that a lot of the kids are going through and this is just like middle-class, whatever, you know, and family stuff and violence and, and moving yeah. around everywhere and all of these things of like, how are we not giving all of these people like the benefit of the doubt or why don't we have a system that, that gives benefit like much more benefit to people who are going through problems instead of benefiting all of the people who kind of have things figured out or the system is working for them. But I guess yeah. this is why we have yeah. systems. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, cause we, we talked about, you know, like you, like you said, you know, at the, the beginning where there's just, there's just trash everywhere. Like no one knows what to do about snow. How do we deal with snow? There's too many people, yeah. you know, you just, you get in large in large groups of people and you got to, and you got, you start drawing lines and start making rules and start trying to come with some yeah. sort of organizational system. And, and it, it gets fucked. It gets, yeah. it gets fucked real quick. And, you know, managing 7 million people, let alone, is that what LA is that LA County? Seven million? Something like that. Seven million. Something crazy. It's insane. I know that when I looked at the numbers once and when I, I moved here in two thousand, and since I've moved here over there's over a million more people than when I <laughs> moved here. 
And I'm like, oh, that's why traffic is bad. <laughs> that's a million people. They didn't make more streets. Right. Or housing prices or housing Your, prices. You know, these other, that's other, yeah. you know, the other shit. Wow. Yeah. So Zach Blair oh, so <laughs> plays Zach. guitar in Rise yeah. Against. The so little intro there. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, just a, just a quick aside before we get into our, our main topic of today's story, which is uh, last week's interview. Also, we we are doing this now uh, biweekly. Um, yeah. Everybody, keep your keep your messages and well wishes and good support to uh, hyphenate halftime at gmail.com. Keep keep yeah. writing in, sending them in. We'll eventually start reading all of those on the air. But um, let us know what you think about us uh, going to a two two a week format. I'm excited for it. How do you think, yeah. do you think it's, it's going to go well? How quickly until we're off the rails and we fuck this thing up? March? I don't know. I feel March, like we're already off February. the rails, so we're good. <laughs> we're good. We've been so off the rails the, for years. The, yeah, the plan is the plan is the high, the half times will come out Monday, and then the interviews will come out Thursday. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, Zach was one of the first people I, I interviewed. It's funny. I'm still going through some backlog stuff from when we first started the show. And he, I was introduced to him through, uh, Joe Plummer and, and the people at Ruinous Media because he has a great show, um, Antiheroes, where yeah. he talks to guitar players. And it's a great show. If you haven't heard it, um, I definitely recommend it and go check him out because he's got a lot of great people on there and he's super knowledgeable. Um, yeah, he's a, shred guy. he's a great guy. He seems like, um, excited i like i know he kept saying like adhd that yeah and but you're like i think i think you're also just like super pumped he seems very pumped about things like it seems like someone who gets into something and is just like full bore yeah i mean i i've saw i've seen rise against a couple times but i saw them um um i got to shoot photos of them when they played their uh myspace secret show Okay. Which is like this little tiny, I had to look up where it was. It was in Boston, I think. And, and um, they played this little tiny, I don't know, 150 people, 200 people or something. And it was amazing. And I was yeah. like, th- that band is so like Anthemic. technically good. Yeah. Like the, the songs are just so, uh, yeah. Anthemic, I think is probably the right way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I've well, never seen Guar. Have you seen Guar? Never seen Guar. No, nope, yeah. I've heard about it. I've seen video. I've seen photos. Yeah. I think I just didn't want to get messy. It was like going to a yeah. Gallagher I don't think it's my thing. Yeah. yeah, it seems like a lot, a lot yeah. to uh, to go through. But uh, I loved listening yeah. to those, like listening to the. Um, I mean, I actually didn't even know how Guar worked. I didn't know if it was kind of like a blue man group thing <laughs> where, where there's different people in the, like whoever can show up. And, and then there was, I knew that there was the main, like the main guy, the main songwriter, but, um, but so it's interesting to hear his stories. It just like, oh, that just seems like hell playing in those suits. Oh, God, yeah, it right? does not seem fun. It's, I think that's why he's so excited. Now he gets to, he gets to make a living yeah. playing guitar, not inside of a 60 pound, like foam oh, sweat sock. Oh, just <laughs> so horrible. I'd be so pumped. Like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. I get to run around in sh- t-shirts and jeans. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I love it. It's I love so light life. up here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but that's a really great know, guy. I, yeah. <clears throat> that hagfish too. I, yeah. Him, and then um, like with his brother and I don't know. I, I love hearing those. Isn't this the second person who had a brother band that you've, that Ooh. you've, uh, I feel like um, there was someone else that was bringing up brother band, his brother. I'm trying to think. I'll have to look it up. I can't remember. I should have looked at my notes. 
It's not coming to mind. Yeah, I mean, I have uh, Bjorn Copeland from Black Dice, who's in the who's in the band Black Dice with his brother Eric Copeland. I was almost oh, thinking okay. if we should. So, so next week's episode will be uh, Zach's brother Donnie. I figured that'd be a yeah. fun way to kick off the new yep. year with the brothers. Uh, but and Donnie plays in bass in the band the Toadies. And but I loved yeah. yeah Zach really talked about his brother a lot. You know, I think that was yeah. really a big part of their thing. I think that sort of was their support system and kind of coping mechanism was you know the brothers playing music. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, really just in, in, in earnest, you know, going from band from Hagfish to the next band to the next band and just like staying committed, you know, I think yeah. that, that sounded like that Hagfish experience could have just been the end of the road for him. Like, cool. We like blew yeah. up in our early twenties, had all this great exposure and then just, and then just got fucked over and it was gone. Yeah. It's and I think normal. most people, um, I don't know. I was talking to, um a painter this artist of who i was shooting some of their stuff yesterday and we were actually talking about a similar thing in art or any creative field that that people have their like you'd be kind of lucky or fortunate to like get a moment you have your moment Mm -hmm. and then after that is really the tough part of like okay how do i like keep this going or capitalize on it because everyone's moment goes up and then goes down for a bit and then and then you kind of like figure out this, like, what's the wave that you're going to, are you going to stay on the wave? Or it's like, you know what? That's fine. I'm good. I had it. This is, this yeah. was fun, but I'm going to go like to law school or whatever. And, um, and it was interesting that, that that's like a creative in all creative fields. That's kind of a, that's kind of a thing. Like everybody, if they're in it long enough, it's like, Oh, here's, here's one high moment where, even if you're like a grip or something of like, Oh my God, I got to work with this with Francis Ford Coppola or, you know, whatever, like this was my yeah. moment. And then, then you're back on like Nike commercials or whatever. If you're lucky. Yeah. I was going to say, like, that doesn't sound too bad. Or you're, do- yeah. or you're or, doing, or like you're out of work for five local, years. Yeah. yeah. Or you're doing like <laughs> local mini documentaries for the local plumbing company or something. Yeah. But, but it's, but it's interesting to hear those stories of like, Oh yeah, we were on tour and da 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 da. And then instead of crashing, I was like, well, I love doing it. So I started like, I mean, you really heard him talk about trying out for Guar and, and saying like, well, then I, I um, learned some deep cut songs that they didn't ask me to learn. And then like showing that you really want to do this and not being like, oh, this is my, or even talking about him taking equipment in and out for Guar and like, <laughs> Yeah, no, we were our own roadies and we had one tech and like it was a very small group and like we're everybody is working as hard as everyone else and there's like it's a job. Yeah, yeah. Well you realize yeah, yeah, it's just that that much dedication, you know, and that much, you know, commitment to your craft and what you're doing. It's just it it can pay off. You know what I mean? And and I think I think that the idea of that moment sort of thing is interesting because you just you realize how much in any field you're in, but how much of it is just out of your control. You know, I mean, you you can yeah. get you can get on a roll or get discovered or get championed by somebody with a bigger voice, and they can kind of catapult you into some sort of spotlight. But the goal, I don't think, is ever to you know, or the, you know, it's it's to hold that spotlight as long as you can. I guess would be the the goal. But realize so much of it is out of your control. You know, there's yeah. not really much you can do, and I think there's a big. I look at. I've thought a lot about it now, even just the, the amount of social media and the sort of the role that music and arts and and creative people play and sort of filling the content sort of, you know, table of social media, but, it, yeah. but it's not just about making the content. It's also about being your own marketer 
and your own PR person and you're expected to kind of just know how to do all that stuff. And that's a big job. And it's yeah. huge. And it's just something we never really, you know, our generation didn't really come up with, um, as a, as a, as a, you know, a, a parallel, you know, sort of like way of a, a parallel skill set. Like you got to be good at your craft and your art and you also have to be good at marketing yourself. There was always a little yeah. bit of that kind of in a DIY sort of way make stickers and print t-shirts and flyers and tell your buddies about the show. Yeah. But, it, but then, but then at the end of the day you were playing music or making art or shooting photos. That yeah. was your main goal. You didn't, you didn't see them as equally um, holding as much weight or attention or time, your time commitment. <laughs> it wasn't as the yeah. same way of like, when you, well, I made all the stuff. Now I'm going to spend just as much time marketing all of the stuff I just made. Yeah. More. Well, and you don't realize how much like that you're like, Oh, this is just work. I forgot. It's work. Like no one expects an accountant to have like great days. That's that are super fun because the accountant is sure. like working. Yeah. And so when you're like, well, but I'm an artist though, I'm supposed to, this is supposed to be super fun exciting all the time and yeah. like no it's work creatively the, fulfilling yeah creative my life yeah you get an extra five percent of fun excitement hey. <laughs> at a show or yeah. like when you f- figure something out and you figure out a riff or like oh yeah. this is creative and it's fun but the other part is just like the work part it's all work yeah and that but the God, people that that are able to like like ride that work wave and figure out mm-hmm. the work part to be like okay this is a good balance Seems but you, like the you, people that you bring up a good creatively. You bring up a good point though too, because I remember you know I did have an accountant at one point, and he you know I was working with like the younger junior accountant he just brought in, yeah. and then the next year I came back to do my taxes, and I was like, oh, what happened to that guy? And he said he's like, you know, he just wasn't bringing in business. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? He's like, well, you got to go to functions, you got to put your card out there, you got to you know meet people, get on a board of something or you yeah. know volunteer for things so that you're known in your community and amongst people as the accountant guy and you generate business that way yeah and it's and this was this was you know decades ago and i but and i was like wow that's 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 kind of rough but at the same time i guess it, but it's a it's a little bit of a that precursor to that was social media that's the same sort of yeah. thing like you know as an independent sort of contractor like in like a you know like um an accountant or a plumber or, you know I mean, if you own your own business yeah. if you're doing your own thing you've got to hustle to yeah. find to find your client base to find your, your customers you're right yeah you're partying man <laughs> you're the party plumber man you gotta hey, go out up, party man? bro you gotta go yeah you got the, your plumbing business has to have barbecues <laughs> and sponsor the little league place you know what i mean if you're, the, yeah. if you're on the back of everybody's uh jerseys at the little league game then yeah. you know they know when they're when they're pl- when their toilets fucked they'll call you yeah right, right. i guess that's well that's speaking of, of didn't the um who was it? One of the guys from, well, one of the guys from Circle Jerks ended up becoming an accountant, right? And he oh, became like know. accountant to all the band, anyone that was That's in the bands smart. and stuff. Yeah. And then one of the guys from Descendants, didn't he become a lawyer? And he, bec- and he had like a radio show was, for a while. Oh, I don't Did know. Descendant Milo was the, was the, was a biochemical engineer. He went to college. Oh, that's right. As, as, that's the, right. as the record is. So documented yeah. and then became a, a thing. But I don't know. I think yeah, what was, yeah. was it, what's um, Greg, Greg Gaffin. Is that his name from a uh, bad religion? He's a professor of some kind of right. his history or <laughs> literature or something religious. Yeah. Religious, religious, <laughs> religious <professor>. studies. Yeah. <laughs> bad religion studies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I started out bad religion. You know, that was kind of my early <laughs> thought, but now I have a much yeah. more uh, complicated relationship to, uh, you know, negative reactions towards religious. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have um, a uh, religious studies degree in bad religions. <laughs> yeah. Mostly I figured out they're bad, you know, but yeah, some uh, might be good. But most yeah, of just them the bad, bad parts. That's the yeah. part I study. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got my degree in bad religions. <laughs> I feel like there's a whole... Yeah, okay. There's a whole nother hour there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, we already took on systematic racism. Let's let's bring yeah. up religion. Uh, the next uh, on when, as we discuss uh, yeah. Donnie Blair basis yeah. from the Jones. But yeah, Zach. And then Zach's war, war next week. War? We'll be talking okay. about war okay. next make, week. Are you prepared to get into the Middle East? Do you have yeah. a hot take on uh, super on, uh, easy Israel Palestine? Yeah. Right. I'm I got a fifteen minute thing that'll just that'll just fix it all. Perfect. Great, great. We'll save that. We'll, we'll be back with that. that, that <laughs> that's, a, that's where we really Next blow week. things up off the rails. Yeah, we really tank this thing War hard. And coming Donnie in twenty twenty four. We'll be discussing a uh, a painter who also um, uses acrylics on the side as, as well as taking on hot button political issues every yeah. other episode. War and oppression. Next week. God. It's not, no, it's not too you much. Know, I for, been, you know, there's not enough middle-aged um, white men talking no. on podcasts about these things. You know, I feel like yeah, our, I don't see any. We have a crucial uh, any... point of view to uh, add to the culture here at writ large. Yeah, there's no other perspectives. I haven't been hearing anything on the news or anything lately. It's pretty, pretty wide pretty open, pretty dull mm-hmm. lately. So we figure out we'd put some perspectives out there see what see what sticks good that's what people are tuning in for so again write it go ahead and feel if you're feeling where we're going with this thing or i want to want to let us know if we're if we're getting off track uh halftime what is it hyphenate halftime at gmail.com halftime yeah. slash yeah. slash uh politics yeah good good hashtag uh, more politics please in my podcasts <laughs> Awesome, Larry. Thank you so much. Cool, I appreciate it. Yeah, we will we will speak next week after the Donnie Blair episode goes live everywhere. And then uh yeah, it's fun. I'm looking forward to seeing how 2024 goes. Is this how much Thank podcasting you. could two podcasters cast? The could yeah. cast pod. The could cast woodcast pod. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <us. laughs> All right, man. All right. See you later. Bye. Thanks, Randy. <laughs>